wanted to, uh, to go back to those two verses we looked at last week and then kind of build from there. Uh, we were in Philippians. Uh, how many of you guys got a chance to read Philippians during the week? A couple of you are good disciples. The rest of you are working on it. Um, you're not there yet, but you're on your way. Uh, at least do a chapter. I mean, just saying. Um, it was just four chapters, people. Um, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, I want to read verse 8 and 13 again for us today. Are you there? Philippians 4, 8, and then four thirteen. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Can you say that out loud? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then verse 13 says, For I can do everything. Can you say everything? Everything. Through Christ who gives me strength. That's the winning mentality that we talked about last week. And uh, none of us could have guessed how the Super Bowl was going to go down as one of the probably the greatest Super Bowl ever, if you're a Patriots fan at least. <laughs> um, the, mini, the winning mentality kicked in, right? It was like watching two games, right? It was, it was like watching two games. The first half was a game, and then actually three games first. And then halftime, because the halftime takes forever in the Super Bowl, and then second half. And then, wait, wait, wait and then overtime. Yeah. You know, so, so we had multiple games going on uh, last week. But, um, but you can tell a shift happened from first to second half. I think it doesn't take much. You don't have to be a football expert to see that the shift took place, you know, from first half to second half. It looked terrible first half, and then second half, things shifted, and, um, and, 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 and then the rest is history. But, you know, I wanted to uh, share with you uh, a, just a personal experience that I had uh, watching this game. Um, I went over my my father-in-law's house. He's a great Patriots fan and uh, love watching the game with him. He, he's into he's into sports, so we that's how we connect. He, he loves every sport, and so we talk about sports all the time. And so it was great to be able to have someone understands the games. So we can kind of go back and forth in this in this scenario. But but I gotta say that uh, I've seen Patriots lose Super Bowls before. You know, I told you I, I, I the first Super Bowl was the Green Bay Packers won '96 and they lost. And, of course, we lost twice to the Giants. Uh, <laughs> I know we have a couple of Giants fans here. Um, and and, uh, and I, m- I remember watching the one that we were undefeated. Oh, man. Right? Remember that one? Undefeated. Get to the Super Bowl. Uh, we don't mention that name here. Uh, <laughs> that catch with the helmet, we don't talk about that guy. But, um, but I got to say... Something different happened to me this time around with that first half of the game. I felt like this is the first time I really took it personal. Yeah, right? Like when we were undefeated, lost to the Giants, I remember I was at my boy's house. Uh, game was over. We didn't say a word to each other. I just walked out, right? <laughs> uh, and, um, and just went home, you know. But, but this one was personal. Here's why. This is, now, what I'm going to share with you right now, it, I might lose some of you. Okay, I mean, just pre- I'm just going to... Just say that off front. Like, I might lose some of you here because what I'm going to share with you 
uh, might sound far-fetched, might sound crazy, might sound bizarre, but, but if you haven't caught on yet that the last three years is, is far-fetched, is bizarre, then I don't know where you've been because, you know, it's, we believe in the far-fetched and bizarre and crazy and, and over-the-top. We, we believe in God. We believe that God is God. Okay. So I'm just going to say that for you guys that are, you know, your life is all neat, put together, like you don't, nothing crazy happens over the top. So I'm just, just going to make that clear to you. But what I'm about to share is crazy. Okay. Um, but at halftime, I felt like, I felt like it was personal because it was no longer a football game to me. It was a warfare. It was a warfare, not a warfare in a sense where I was desperate for the Patriots to win, but a warfare for our region. Because I feel like that everyone else looks down on New England like we're not meant to win. And I don't mean in, in, in football, I mean in life. I'm talking about life now. Like something happened to me where I got angry at this situation, not from a football standpoint, but from a life standpoint, that I refuse to be called the frozen chosen. I refuse to be called the ones that don't make it. That like, that just like something in me, like I got to fighting in my spirit. You know, the Bible says we don't wrestle flesh and blood. We left some principalities of darkness who are trying to hold us back, who was trying to tell us that we can't. Right? And all week long, and all, and all season long, you hear those voices trying to hold you back. And so it became personal to me. It wasn't, it wasn't about Patriots. It wasn't about Brady. It wasn't about Belichick. It was about New England. And I tell you, it wouldn't be personal so much, I think, if it wasn't because we planted a church here. I think once we planted a, 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 a church, it's almost like you're putting a, a stake on the ground. And you're saying, like, we will not be moved. We will not be shaken. Like, we're not going to take no for an answer. And we're going to believe God for everything that he has for us. And I believe that's the winning mindset that God wants us to have. And now I'm talking beyond football now. I'm talking life. Like, I, I believe that, that God's, God has, has built us to win. And in order to win, we have to fight the resistance that comes against us that doesn't want us to win. You know, and I mean that in every area of life. I think God wants you to have great relationships. And, but you got to put up a fight for them. I think God wants you to be promoted, but you got to put up a fight to be promoted. I believe God wants you to have a house, but you have to put up a fight to have a house. I believe God wants us to be a mega church, but we got to put up a fight to be a mega church. I believe that it's going to come down to a fight. It's going to come down to a fight. And it's, that's the mindset that David had when he stepped up and fought Goliath. And so at that point, to me, halftime was more than just now a physical game. It was a spiritual warfare. At that point, now it was like, man, there's a Goliath on the other end. Come on. Yeah. And what are we going to do? Cower back yeah. and, and play the New England that we normally play? Yeah, that's good. And just say it is what it is? Or are we going to fight back? That's good. So I want to I I talk today from a standpoint of like a winning mindset takes battle. It takes a fight. Like you got to have it in you to, 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 to grind. Okay. So at halftime, I took it to Facebook, and I, and I, and I, because I wanted to put something on the airwaves, right? I wanted to put something out there to say, like, let me see who else has a fighting spirit to believe that, that, that this is possible, that we can overcome this thing. And so I took it to Facebook. Here's what my Facebook post was. I said, don't call it a comeback. Let's grind. It's the New England spirit. Okay. Haters will say, I, I put this off the way. If you look at it, it's 809. Okay. That's halftime. Okay. <laughs> So I just want you to see that, okay, that I didn't put this afterwards, okay? Hashtag alternative facts, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) As you can see, Jen was with me. Jen says, we never give up. 
I made sure her comment was there. I took out the haters. Good. <laughs> One of the haters is actually a kid that just, he just applied to our ministry school, and he said, why don't you give up now, Pastor Marco? Needless to say, his application is in jeopardy. <laughs> Facts. Okay. If you don't have a winning mindset, you shouldn't come to our school. Okay. We're, we're going to win. Okay. <laughs> but listen, it became personal. It was for a region. And I believe that we're here to fight for a region. You know, I, I believe this with all my heart. We are, I, I believe that once God saves you, once God rescues you, he puts you in a place to fight for that place. Like some of you, you're the only Christian in your family. It's for a reason. God put you there to fight for your family. Not to whine, not to complain, not to, no, it's to fight for your family. God put you there to fight. And we don't fight physically, we fight spiritually. Our weapons is prayer. Our weapons is worship. And giving is a weapon. You want to get out of poverty? Fight back by giving. You don't fight poverty with poverty. You fight back by giving. Right? And so, and I believe this with all my heart, man. There's got to be a winning spirit that's got to raise up out of us if we're going to be the people that God has created us to be. Or we're going to be the regular New England folks. I don't know about you. I don't want to be regular. I don't want to be, it is what it is. You know, we're always going to be, you know, I don't want to hear that stuff. Right? And so, and so I, I, I want today to be a day that we fight. Right? Let, let, let this be a day that you put a stake on the ground and you said, no more. Yeah. I'm not going to make excuses. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you all the reasons why we can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to put up a fight yeah. for the things that I believe God has put in us to believe for. Yeah. Are you with me? Amen. You know? And so it, it, we're meant to slay giants. We've been saying this. Halftime, that was a giant. Right? In football terms, that's a giant to overcome. You know? But, man, what a great chance. What a great time to raise up. Those are the moments to raise up. Not to give in. Not to lay down. Not to call it a day. No, it's time to go to work. Right? I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you were in the middle of a fight. Right? It's time to go to work. It's not time to look around and see all the reasons why you can't do this. No, it's time to go to work. It's time to put up a fight for the things that you believe God is giving you to. The worst prayer that you can pray is, if it is God's will. (laughs) That's the worst prayer that I hear. Christians praying. Because you're already saying if. No, it is God's will. It is God's will that you fight. It is God's will that you go after the things that he put in your heart to go for. But it's not going to come without a fight. Listen. This is the moments to overcome. And I pray, write this down, no victims here. We don't believe in victims. We believe in overcomers. We believe in people that no matter what card you've been dealt, you're meant to overcome. Well, you don't understand. No, none of us need to understand. It's a fight. And we're here to fight to win. Can you say amen? amen? So a winning mentality has a lot to do with how we respond to adversity. A winning mentality has a lot to do with how you respond to adversity. Right? Everybody can talk a good game when things are good. But can you stick with the winning mindset when things go bad? Right? How many New England fans turn off the TV and call it a day? 
Right? You can't afford to do that in life. Again, I'm not talking a football game now. I'm talking about life. How many people turn it off and just go through life? That's not God's will. God's will is that you fight. God's will is that you get up and do it again. Life will happen. You can't stop life from happening, but you can respond well. It's up to you how do you respond. No one is responsible for your response but yourself. No one is responsible for how you respond. Like, I've been watching every single highlight I can possibly get my hands on. I'm a teacher, so I had the luxury of having two days off. Teachers, best profession in the world. Okay, Been a teacher for about 13 years. Like, I, I react just like the students do when there's a snow day. Okay, I'm going crazy. Like, hey, yeah, hashtag yeah. You know, another day off. I don't go on Facebook and say that because I want my kids to be like, he's, he's more excited than I am about not school. But I am. So I've been watching everything, and my favorite one is the sound effects one where they give you the behind the scenes because that says so much about these players. And, and their culture of winning. Right? If you didn't get a chance, watch the one with, with all the sound effects. It shows you what their heart was, even though they were down so many points. That blew my mind more than anything else. I look at things, like I told you this. Again, I might lose you, but I look at things through spiritual eyes. Everything to me is spiritual. There's nothing in life that God doesn't touch for me. Okay, That's what I'm saying. I might lose some of you here. But man... If you're not into that, then, then you're into the norm. And I'm not into the norm. I'm into the abnormal because God is an abnormal God. He doesn't do normal. But, man, I was so excited to see this spirit. And I don't care if they're believers, unbelievers. I don't care about their lifestyle. But they were speaking the language of faith. They were speaking the language of believing. Throughout the whole thing, I, you didn't hear one person on the New England side quitting. You didn't hear one thing say, oh, man, it's too bad. Yeah. They all kept saying, oh, we got this. Come on. One more play. Come on. Let's go get this. Come on. Come on. Listen, you want to win in life, you better get to a fate level of yeah. life that doesn't quit, that doesn't give up, that doesn't give in. Yeah. Don't let your vocabulary betray you. That's good. If it's God's will. That's a prayer that's not answered because of the if. Jesus said, if you believe, nothing is impossible to those who believe. And Jesus said, according to your faith, it shall be done. So that means you have a role to play in this equation. Can you say amen? I want to remind you of this. I said this before. I want to say this again. It's a great time to remember that a setback is a great setup for a comeback. It's a setback. It's not the end of the world. Right? It's a setup for a comeback. If you have the right mindset, if you respond well to adversity, every setback is setting you up for a comeback. That's right. That's right. If you look at it the right way, because, because here's where a lot of people's faith gets betrayed because they'll say stuff like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> right? Here's another one that you know, like, this is not faith. When people say, I'm just going to expect the worst so I don't get disappointed. Well, duh. (laughs) 
Like, that ain't no revelation there. Come on. Come on. I'm going to expect the worst so I don't get disappointed. What kind of life is that? And which God do you worship? The God of the worst? That maybe good could happen? No, no, no. I worship a good father. A God that can do exceedingly above. You can never ask or think. And so my faith level rises in those moments of adversity. It doesn't diminish. We all have setbacks. Who doesn't? We all have a set story. Who doesn't? Everybody has them. So don't talk like that's revelation. Revelation is, 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 is what's on the other side of the adversity. It's how you respond to the adversity. Some of you right now, you might be in the middle of it. Question is, how are you going to respond to it? How will you respond to adversity? It says a lot about you. You know, the truth is, our character, our character is defined in adversity. Our character is defined in adversity. Our character, your character is not defined on, on, on vacation. Your character is defined when you haven't had a vacation. That's the true us that comes out. It's in those moments. And this is why I believe we need to have a second week of this winning mentality. Because what's going to happen when there's a setback in your goals? What's going to happen when life punches you in the face? Because you will. You you hear boxers talk about getting your bell rung. And what happens when they get their bell rung is how they respond. Right? I've never been in the ring, but I'm fascinated by boxers because that to me is another like yeah. life yeah. Yeah. metaphor. But you get hit in the face and how you respond. Did you watch Rousey get knocked out the other day? You, she was doomed for the get-go. And I'm not knocking on her. I was rooting for her, but she was rooting for the get-go. Why? Because of mindset. Her mindset was off. And the moment she got hit, she couldn't recover. Some people, the moment they get hit in life, they don't recover. And what do they do? Have you noticed some people? It's everybody's fault. Who hit me? You're like Chris Tucker on Rush Hour. I think I got hit by 20 people. You know, and there comes the blame game. You know, it's the trainer. It's my diet. <laughs> come on, come on. No, what do you do when you get hit? That's good. This is what to me they showed us in this game. Because it wasn't about game anymore. It's what you do in life. Right? What what is your mindset when you get knocked down? What is your mindset when things didn't go the way you planned it to go? Do you throw in the towel? Do you quit? you start playing the blame game? It's everybody's fault. I hear it all the time. It's my spouse's fault. It's kids, education, New Bedford. Come on. It's the church's fault. Right. You know, it's Obama's fault. Now it's Trump's fault. It used to be George Bush's fault. And then George Bush Sr., and then it was Bill Clinton's fault. Come on. And then, and then, and then, and then, not realizing. You just got hit in the face, and you're reacting wrong. That's good. That's good. That's good. What do we do when adversity hits? 
says a lot about us, about what we believe. Listen, if the first thing out of your mouth is, is, is to blame game, you're not ready yet to win. That's right. Come on. That's good. That's good. I'm telling you, if that's the first reaction, guys, we're not ready. We don't have the winning mindset yet. Right? Because their mindset was, no, no, no. Just, all we need to do is position ourselves. Let's position ourselves. And, and one thing I didn't understand, because I'm, I'm an amateur when it comes to this thing in full football, I didn't understand how they didn't come back. Like, I thought they would have a greater sense of urgency. But then, but then when they talked about it, then I was like, oh, man, I get it now. They're like, no, we're not going to rush anything. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. That, that messed me up. Like, well, you shouldn't you be rushing? Like, you're down a lot. And it just kept coming up to the next play. I'm like, should we have a hurry-up offense going on here? <laughs> they just kept coming up. But they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it's like we just got to position ourselves. Position. The only person that's in a rush is the enemy. Come on. Come on. God has a plan, but he thinks long haul. Yeah. Right? We have a plan. We're thinking right now. God's like, no, I'm thinking long haul. I'm thinking eternity, right? That's why a lot of times when he, when he does stuff in the moment, you don't understand because he thinks long haul. He doesn't think just now, yeah. right? You're thinking right now, give, me, give it to me right now. God's like, if I give it to you now, it ruins the later. Yeah. Yeah. A winning perspective is thinking long haul, not just immediate. Are you following? That's good. How do you respond when things go unexpected? When things don't go the way that you're supposed to go? Right? How do you respond? I prayed and God didn't answer, so church is not real. God's not real. Blah, blah, blah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I'm just trying to teach his life. This is good. Yeah. And then you got, you got the experts. Been there. I've done that. So you get the expert award. You don't win, but you get the expert award. You know? There's some people that just, just, they know, they know. It's like, you don't tell them anything. I already know. Yes. Well, then, congratulations. There's the expert award. Come but on. you don't get a Super Bowl, though. Hey. <laughs> Come on. Good. I'm talking life here. I'm not talking football. Good. Right? I want to share with you Romans 15, verse 13. I love this verse. I'm praying this over you today. And I'm praying that this gets in your spirit. Romans 15, verse 13. Are you there? Look at this prayer. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you. When, when adversity hits, that's the prayer. God, you're the source of hope. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to lay down and die. I'm not going to quit. No, you're the source of hope. And you will fill me with joy and peace because I trust in you. And I will overflow with confident hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's a confidence that God is faithful. If he said it, he's going to do it. Like God cannot lie. He cannot lie. 
And like I said, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by His Spirit. That I live in tune with the Spirit, and it empowers me in moments of adversity. Can you say amen? amen? And so what do we learn from this week? You know, I, I want to I wanna just summarize it this way, if you're taking notes, right? Is, is number one, if you, if you are in adversity, is to keep talking victory. Keep talking victory. Because your vocabulary will betray you. Don't give in to the lie. Because that's when the enemy will love to put words in your mouth. I told you. The enemy will love to you to start the blame game. Everybody and their mama's got issues. Right? You ever heard the, the mom that went to see his son graduate from... The army, everybody is marching. But his son was the only one that was off beat. Everybody's marching. Everybody's off. But his son is off. Everybody's on right. Son's on left. Mom says, look, my son's the only one doing it right. (laughs) Who knows that that kid will not win in life? As a parent, I see it all the time, you know, especially when I was teaching high school. Parents come in, automatically defend their kids, don't even know the other half. It's like, don't you know you're setting them up for failure? He's going to think he's, you know, king of the world. Because automatically you came and defended him, but you didn't ask what happened on the other end. There's always two sides, right? There's always two sides. And so your job is to keep on the winning side. Keep talking victory. Don't give up. Don't give in. Condition your mind for victory. That's why he says you got to fix your thoughts. And what these players revealed to us and these coaches revealed to us was that this condition of we can do this. If no one else believed, they did. They they believed that they can come back. Like there was not a moment there, at least that we I didn't see. That, that said, oh, man, we're going to just throw in the towel. Yeah. All the way through, they kept talking. No, we got this. We got this. Yeah. We got this. Fix your thoughts on winning. This is why the Bible says we don't live by f- sight. That's good. We live by faith. Amen. You know what that means? It means, like, I don't look at just this. You got to look at God. Give me your eyes to see what's going on in this moment. Because when I have your eyes then my vocabulary is different. I live by faith, not by sight. Condition your mind for victory. Because before it happens, it happens in your mind first. It always starts in your mind. That's why it's the headquarters. It always starts there first. And then it trickles down. Can you say amen? Amen. Number two, I want to encourage you today that when adversity hits, stick to the game plan. Don't change it. This is where they messed me up. They didn't change it. We're going to come up. We're going to run another play. We're going to come up. We're going to run another play. We're going to come up. We're going to run one more play. We're not going to change it. This is where principles have to overrule your feelings. When you get hit in the mouth, man, your feelings are all over the place. 
The feelings of fear, anxiety, quitting, bitterness, anger, frustration. This is the time to weather the storm. This is the time to stop and say, wait a minute, I got hit in the mouth and it hurts. But I can still win this thing. I can still overcome this thing. I got to stick to the game plan. The worst thing about a boxer is a boxer that just swings wildly. It's a strategy game. I'm not a fan of Mayweather, but man, when it comes to strategy, that's why he's undefeated. Right? You can hate the guy all day long, but it's hard to, to, to question <laughs> that the guy wins. Yeah. <laughs> strategy is key. Yeah. Right? Last week we talked about strategy. So, so when you get hit, stick to the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't scratch the strategy. I, it blows my mind when people are like, they're determined, but then they get hit. It's like everything off the table. Right. 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 It's like, wait, that's the time to stick to the strategy. Yeah. That's the time to make sure that you don't stay off course. That's the time to really pray. Yeah. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm going through too much. I'm going to take Sunday off. What? Yeah, are you out of your mind? Oh, I'm sick today. Shouldn't that be the time you should be at the altar? Like, are you kidding me? I mean, what are we, are we playing? Dumb games here? Those are the times to see God. That's the time to go back to the drawing board and say, God, what's the, what's the plan? Better put your principles over your feelings. If we try to live by your feelings, you'll be all over the place. Your feelings are not reliable. That's what I'm trying to get at. They're not reliable. Okay? C.S. Lewis said this way. He said, listen, when your feelings are there, if they're good feelings, ride a wave. But if they're not there, leave it alone. Because you don't worship your feelings. God is not a God of feeling. See, some people make the mistake. They're like, last week I felt goosebumps. <laughs> this week I didn't feel goosebumps. Well, you do, do you worship goosebumps? Or do you worship the God of the universe? <laughs> Who do you worship? Right? We fell out of love. Well, do you worship the feeling of love? Or, the, or, or do you have a relationship that you need to work on? To be able to have the kind of marriage you're meant to have. You're not supposed to have a feeling marriage. You're supposed to have a powerful marriage that's beyond just feelings of honeymoon. You know, if I can't, I'll tie today. Wait, come, tie out. Principles. Not feelings. Right? Someone today didn't feel like it. I didn't feel, it's just, no, I'm just going to praise the Lord here on my bedside Baptist. What? You think God honors your feelings? God honors principles. The universe is set on principles. It's principles. Isn't it fascinating? Some people, the richest people in the world, are not necessarily Christians, but they understand if I sow, I'm going to reap. It's a principle. It's a principle. You could be an atheist and be rich if you apply the right principles. Because God already orchestrated that the universe will run on principles. Right? Stick to the game plan. Weather the storm. Yes. There's anxiety, there's fear. But don't run with them. Put them in their place. Take a moment, take a breath, take a prayer. And weather the storm. Stick to the game plan, amen? amen. Number three, it's time to tap into faith. 
This is where the confidence comes from. Like, faith is the confidence that God is who he says he is. And this is why I love Romans. I love that because he said, listen, when you tap into faith, it produces joy and peace. The peace that God gives you doesn't make sense. The Bible says he gives you a peace that surpasses understanding. In other words, you shouldn't have peace based on your circumstances. You have peace based on who you trust and who you believe and who you, you are putting your hope on. Yeah. Right? So if you're waiting, because some people are like, I'm, I, I just need one more thing. Well, you're going to keep waiting for one more thing. Right? Everybody's saying they got one more thing coming. My income tax is coming. <laughs> one more thing. Right? And then next week, next year, my income tax is coming. You know, everybody thinks it's just one more thing. It's not one more thing. It's the perspective that God is in control. Right? And God has me. And God is for me. Faith leads to confident living. You know, you don't overcome a deficit that way without confidence. And you don't overcome your life without confidence. To know, like, I know who I trust. I know who's with me. Right? And, and, and so my faith gives me confidence. Uh, it's one of the sad things I'm seeing. Too many Christians are walking without confidence. And, and we get, you know, the enemy is so good at blurring things. So the moment you talk confidence, people think cockiness. And so we don't have confidence anymore because, you know, that's pride and all this stuff. It's like, no, God meant for you to walk with confidence. God meant for you to walk in confidence. You notice you can't compliment a Christian? They get weird on you. You can't say nice watch. You know, you can't say, oh, nice car without them giving you like 15 hallelujahs, praise the Lord, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. Like, you can't just say thank you. Yeah, come on. Like, when you say thank you, we know, like, we know it's him. Yeah. We have to get weird. You know, like, people are just weird. Why? Because of lack of confidence. We don't know that God, God wants you to have a nice car. Go ahead, girl. He wants you to have a nice watch. Go ahead. You know? One guy one time was like, you know, my pastor, he's amazing. Uh, he's got this beat-up truck, and uh, I love how humble he is. I'm like, wait, so your pastor's humble because he's got a beat-up, messed-up, broken-down truck? Doesn't that reflect on the God that he serves? Oh, okay. Okay. That's humility. Humility is let's be poor, let's be broken, let's be all messed up because that reflects God. The devil is a liar. God is a God that can do exceedingly above. I can never ask or think. Let me ask you this. If I show up here with a really nice car, what are you going to think? That pastor's stealing money or that God can bless the pastor? Oh, come on. I'm getting personal now. Let's get personal. Why is it that every time God blesses someone, oh, they must have done something wrong? Why don't we, just, why don't we say that about the world? Isn't it amazing? We worship all these incredible people, artists and people like that. Oh, they're amazing. But how do they get their stuff? And why can't God bless his people? Why can't we have the confidence for God to bless his people just like everybody else is blessed? Why is it that the world can have more than God's people? 
You know what Jesus said? This is, it messes me up. One of the things that messes me up in this entire Bible, Jesus said, why is it that it seems like the sons of the world are smarter than the sons of God? Yeah. Think about that. Because the sons of the world sometimes are applying the principles that's meant to be applied by God's people. But God's people are too busy being too humble. We're so humble, we don't fight for anything. We get punched in the face and we're like, if it is the Lord's will. All right, I'll move on. Number four, when adversity hits, it's time to tap into community. The enemy will love to isolate you. He will love to isolate you because he knows I can kill him off quickly. That's why he brings spirits like depression, spirit of loneliness, spirit of insecurity. Like all those things is to isolate you. He will tell you things like nobody knows what you're going through. This is just you. No one cares, right? It's you against the world. You know, it makes you a victim. Come on. Right? But what, 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 what did this game teach us again? Is that when there's power in unity, there's power in numbers because they all kept saying the same things. This is why you need to be part of a bigger team. This is why we encourage you guys to get in a crew, get in a ministry team. Why? Because there's people around you that's going to spur your faith, that's going to spur your understanding, that's not going to let you just, just quit and die. No, they're going to speak life into you. They're going to manifest the presence of God with you, and they're going to show you that you can overcome this. Because the enemy would love for you to be isolated. A Christian was never meant to live alone. That's why we came up with 19 crews. And I believe next time around we'll have even more. Because our goal is that everybody needs to be in a crew so that they can have the understanding that there's strength in unity and numbers. Jesus said when two or three are gathered, I'm right there with them. If you don't have two or three, you're on your own. The Bible says that that strand of three cords is, is hardly broken. Why? Because there's strength in that. Yeah. Right? Why did Jesus send out his disciples to go out two by two? There's strength in numbers. Yeah, there's strength in being in community. And that's why I love it that, that on the sideline they just kept speaking over each other. Right? And you go watch the whole thing and watch them, the offense encouraging the defense, the defense encouraging the offense. Right? That's the power of a team. That's the power of community. Right? The enemy would love for you to just come into church and walk out really quick because he knows like, as long as he stays by himself, he will never understand the fullness of what it means to be united and have the strength to fight. So when I say don't rush out of church, it's not because, it's not because I just want you to stick around. No, I want you to stick around and get rooted. And have people around you that can pray with you, that can walk with you, that can encourage you. I love hearing stories about people in ministry teams and crews and in the group me's and every like this church runs on group me. I don't know how many group me's we have, but we need to stop. Okay. <laughs> I like I, I I'm, I'm like on silence on like 20 group me's. I'm like man, I just sometimes I wake up to like 50 notifications from group me's, which is awesome. You know, the more the better, I guess. And then the last thing I want to share with you today is you got to rely on the Holy Spirit. Not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes to empower you. The Holy Spirit is the one that when you get hit, he says, now let's, let's get focused again. 
The Holy Spirit is the one that's confirming God's word in your heart right now. You know, I mean, every week I hear someone say, you were speaking right to me. It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. I don't, I can't, it's impossible for me to know what 800 people are thinking. That would be awesome. <laughs> Probably start a business. Then I can really get you talking about me. Because I'll, then I'll have four or five cars, you know, in a few houses. Miami, California. You know, then I will really make news. No, it's the Holy Spirit. He knows you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. Even now, he's confirming his word in your heart. And, and, and it's amazing. It fascinates me how personal he is. Like, I don't know what you're going through, but I know how personal the Holy Spirit is. He's already speaking to you about what you're going through. That's how good he is. When adversity hits, it's time to say, Holy Spirit, make me aware of your presence right now. What is it that you're doing right now? Give me the bigger picture. Give me the bigger picture. Because that's what he's in for. He's always with you. He and he's for you. I want to pray today. Once in a while, we need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? It means that you walk with the Holy Spirit. He gives you wisdom. He gives you discernment. He gives you guidance. He gives you power. Like a Christian is not meant to live in fear. Yeah, we have fears, but we don't let fear paralyze us. Christians are not meant to live addicted. Yeah, we have addictions, but we don't let addiction rule. The Christian is meant to overcome, to be filled, to live above sin, to live above mediocrity. And you only do that by the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? I want to pray the power of the Holy Spirit over us today.